0: preparing for any trip or vacation, you have to know about it before you start packing. Our destination on this Lenten journey is Easter. It's 40 days of packing, unpacking, and repacking our lives, not for the cute little Easter bunny, but the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. I invite you every day to take some time and preparation by listening to this podcast about those saints who made their priority God. I hope it inspires and challenges you to change some aspect of your current life for Christ. During Lent, we will forego the usual commercial sponsorships and ads so you can focus more on your journey to Christ Jesus. If you would like to support the channel for as little as a dollar a month, every donation helps to develop more podcasts like these to help everyone that listens. For those who have already and continue to support us, blessings, miracles, and peace. Thanks for joining us for another episode with the collared carpenter, Reverend Rick Zapp. Blessings, miracles, and peace to you today. I'm Reverend Rick, also known as the Collared Carpenter. Today is the fifth day of Lent. We're February 21st, 2021. Um, we're taking the opportunity through this Lenten series on the saints to also pause every so often to truly explore the faith and the faith of the church. One of the things I'm looking at doing is exploring some of the icons of the holy art of the church. Rather, just so that you know, I do not speak Russian, and so I don't have uh, always the correct pronunciation, or I'm very fluent in early Greek. So um, please stay with my mispronunciations at times. Um, but we have a, a holy icon that we're looking at today, um, Kalukshaskan. And if you, anyone does know the correct pronunciation, if you want to put it in the comments below um, and phonetically spell it out for me, I would gladly appreciate it. Because everywhere on the internet, I could not find anything. But it's a holy icon of the Mother of God. It was glorified in the late 19th century. Um, though it's quite older than that. Um, This icon is actually of Italian origin and was brought to Russia by the Empress Elizabeth's Maid of Honor, who was Italian. So during the 19th century, it belonged to a family of Count Vladimir Kapisnist and was one of their sacred possessions for the family. The icon was in the village of And during the week of Cheese Fair, which is the week before Great Lent, in the year 1880, Maria, uh, a young girl, dislocated some bones in her foot. The local doctor said the problem was not serious and did not feel any relief by the end of lent so for 40 days um it was not healed up yet so after easter pasca um, maria's other foot became twisted and then both her shoulders and her left hip became dislocated she developed pain in her spine so in the month of october the father journeyed with his sick daughter to moscow and here he consulted with specialists who declared that they could do nothing for Maria. The parents and the sick girl began to despair. However, an unexpected opportunity for help from a foreign professor presented itself. Since it would be some while before his arrival in Moscow, the sick girl asked to return home, So on the day before the appointment, Maria's mother suggested that she pray before the family icon of the Mother of God. She said to her daughter, Masha, which is the form of Maria in Russian, Masha, tomorrow we will go to Moscow, take the icon, let us clean its cover, and pray to the Most Holy Theotokos that your infirmities would be cured. The girl who had no confidence in the earthly physicians placed all of her hope in God. This icon had long been known as a wonder worker. According to tradition, young women over the years would pray before it to have a happy family. It was also the custom to clean the cover of the icon, and the one praying would wipe it with a cotton or other linen. So pressing the holy icon to her bosom, the sick girl, with the help of her mother, cleaned it and poured out all of her sorrow and despair to the Mother of God. At once, she felt strength return to her body, and she cried out loudly, Mama, Mama, I can feel my legs, I can feel my hands. She tore off the metal braces and the bandages and began to walk around the room, while continuing to hold the icon of the Mother of God in her hands. The parish priest was summoned at once, and they celebrated a service of thanksgiving with the icon. The joyous event quickly became known throughout the surrounding villages, and the Countess and Maria went to Moscow and took with them the holy icon of the Mother of God. News of the healing quickly spread about Moscow and the people began to throng to the hotel and then to the church where they had brought the icon. So in the last episode, we talked a little bit about icons and holy art and what it meant for the early church. Of course, this is much later in church history. So this one was... A favorite of the family that was an icon of the Theotokos, of the mother of God. Now, if you don't know church history, um, I encourage you to go ahead and start picking up uh, different historical perspectives of how the church throughout the centuries has grown. And, and continued to nourish the people of faith. What would happen is every so often, the church would call councils or all the bishops would come together and they would talk, debate, and come up with a resolution for what was at hand. So one of these... Councils, Council of Ephesus, and if you know your your church history about Ephesus, um, it was a very important uh, town for trade. Um, It became one of those towns that was the center of faith, um, even though it was centered first around the pagan gods, um, but it had a center of faith, John the Evangelist, and Mary, the mother of God, lived there for some time, Um, and so it's one of those that it was a very important city in the growth of the church. But in 431, the first council of Ephesus met, and so the bishops came together to truly talk about what is Mary's role in faith. So, what does her role mean to us and not just to the church fathers and bishops in 431? See, they came to understand that in 431, Mary is now deemed a Theotokos. It's Greek for God bearer. She brought the Savior into the world, into humanity. She, with the union of the Holy Spirit, was able to give life, to nurture, to mother, the Savior of the world. A role beyond any other role that we can imagine. Her yes that she gave to the angel Gabriel. Her yes to say, let it be done according to your will, God's will, not mine. Is such a very important role to be held. I mean, think about it. How strong is your faith, especially as a teenager that was just told that you're pregnant? A teenager who would be ostracized, who could be stoned to death because she was not married and pregnant. But she was able to say, let this will be done. She, compared, she continued to be God's ally through it all. She would be there at the cross. She would be there for Pentecost. She would be there for the early church. And so the bishops came together to say this role that this Mary had made is beyond any other role, and we should always acknowledge that. We should acknowledge that she is the God-bearer. Jesus could have appeared at the age of 31, just like that, and been able to minister. But God, in his infinite wisdom and love, gave us a Messiah, a Savior, that was born into humanity, who had a mother of their own. So what do you put your faith in? Do you put your faith in God? Are you able to say yes to God? Is it an unconditional yes? Or is it a, well, everything but this? See, when Jesus healed, when you read this in the Gospels, he came, the people, they came to him and asked for healing and his response your faith has healed you your faith has healed you I mean think about that it's not my act upon you has made you whole. It's coming back to your faith in God and his divine plan has healed you. Your faith to seek me out and acknowledge me as the Christ, the Messiah, has healed you. So Mary, as our role model, went ahead and said, I believe, so let it be done. So in our own lives, are we strong strong enough yet in our faith to say, I believe, so let it be done? Do we trust the Lord enough during this Lenten time to allow Him that healing grace that we need so badly? I know. It's one of those that you bite your lip going, is our path the path Of His? Is our path the path of righteousness? Is our path the path to heaven? And so that's why this icon of the Mother of God is here to lead us on that path. It's to remind us, she said yes. Did I today? It's to remind us that. She put her son first and foremost in her life. Do we do that with our own family? Are we selfish in our own time that this is my time and not our children's time or my child's time? Or are we serving them to model towards them to have their needs met Just as we're hoping that Christ will continue to meet our needs. It's a huge challenge towards parenting. Maybe someday I'll do a a parenting series since I'm also a marriage and family therapist. But think about it. Think about our direction. That we're taking in our own life. Is it one... That we are truly saying yes to God. So once again, I encourage you to follow this series. So once again, I continue to encourage you to follow this series, even with dogs barking in the background here, um, to continue to love God, to continue to trust in his ways. So blessings, miracles, and peace to you today. God love y'all and have a wonderful day.